So hello and welcome to Those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell, the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. And on this podcast we'll be talking about, what are we talking about Dave? Well we're talking about the news, we're talking about the Met Police, we're talking a bit about um, people being set on fire in Birmingham and London oh, and nice stuff, refugee centres. Nice stuff. So yeah, nice stuff. Good. It's, well there's no such thing as good news is there on, no. on, on the telly, so you know, that's where we are. That's why I don't watch the news. No. And our question is about the evolution of humanity and how Christianity could be positive or negative on that. So that was a bit deep. Yeah, wasn't it? absolutely. Yeah. It was a bit deep. And yeah. then we talk about TV. We talk about Married at First Sight UK. And uh, and now you're a massive fan of it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So we, we go from discussions of the philosopher, the Enlightenment philosopher, Immanuel Kant, which you brought up, yeah. down to... Married at, first Married at First Sight, where there are some different sorts of... Different sorts of... Philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. So, not, not to say that we, we're not broad on, on this podcast. So, here comes the music. Dave's got a better idea for the music, but... Well, no, no, in the adverts, really. New oh. music in the adverts. Okay. Not not as the intro. I haven't got intro music, although we could have it for intro, but... Yeah, we'll have see, it. See what you're about to get. So, Lauren, you just listened to the wonderful music. That was It's great, isn't it, the music? No. Oh, anyway. Well, I've got a suggestion for the music this week. What is it? Well, because the readings for Sunday are Ezekiel and the bones coming up, we should have them bones, them bones, them dry bones in the they, music. All tonight. right, well, we'll see if, if Martin... Maybe for the can, ad breaks. Maybe Martin can kick that in yeah. for the ad breaks. That would be good. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. So nice to see you back. We're back in person now, Dave, aren't we? We are back in person, yeah. So how are you now? Um I'm I'm about seventy-five, eighty percent back to the level of unfit that I was before I crashed. So um yeah, getting there. Slowly but surely getting there. So it's not hurting as much now. Well, still got a bad knee, still got a bad rib, still got a bad back, but they're hurting less. Yeah. Oh. So so you're gonna have a big fitness drive now then that you've realised how unfit you are or you're not gonna bother? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think you'll bother me. <laughs> okay, fair enough then. <laughs> well, that's enough of that. Um, that's pretty bad. So what else have you been up to then over the last few weeks other than just being in the house? Oh, well, I, so in the last week, I haven't really done anything. First full day of work today, so I've done an assembly. I've done a Eucharist. I've got another assembly to do after this. Um, and then I've got a wedding visit tonight. Oh, I got and I got a meeting at at the diocese in between, so oh, right. back to my first full day. So. Usual day then, really. Yeah, yeah, so I'll be hanging tomorrow, no doubt, on my day off. I probably won't be able to get out of bed. Yeah. But, uh, so uh, when you're doing the Eucharist, you know, you move your arms up to in the Orleans position, which is the kind of hands-up position. Does that hurt? You, my my, my Orleans position is fine. My elevations are poor. Are they? Yeah, I just can't get the hands high enough. You can't lift up the no. hose. No, and I was debating between do I do lift the elevation of the house one-handed or do I just do a half elevation? There's some then, really nerdy priests I know then that I, would actually write, give a big, long answer to that that would be totally pointless. Oh, wow. I decided that even if I did half an elevation, that's still half an elevation more than most. 
I don't think Jesus would mind. No. For those who aren't in the know, what we're on about is when we do communion, you know, we, we lift up the, the bread and the wine when we say the, we say the words. And there are some sort of rather sort of, they're kind of train spotter priests, really, aren't they? They're kind of really into the exact nature of how you meant to do various actions in the service, isn't there? Yeah, but we're running down the line there because, because, According to the rules of the Church of England, it should not be elevated and adored. Um, but because we're both fairly Catholic in our outlook, we'd be more likely to elevate the host. So you're saying that we've both broken the rules for the last uh, day? Well, we, the rules are very uh, loose, oh, aren't they? Yeah, so we're we'll right. swiftly on. Yeah, okay. yeah, nobody tell the bishop. Yeah, I'm sure, I've seen her do it. Yeah, but she, she's uh, probably a listener anyway, so it's too late now. What? Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, she's great, she is. Everyone's great, yeah. Wonderful. Morning, Bishop Viv. Oh, yeah, all right. She's great, wonderful. Thanks for the suck up, suck up. That's not like us, is it? <laughs> it's not. Anyway, uh, so what have I been up to? Uh, Nobody yeah. asked, but yeah, what have you been up oh, to? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, we did the Ukrainian Kids Club, or Family Club, sorry, on the weekend. That was really lovely, that. We got the... Ukrainian refugees together who live locally in Yate and uh, around and about. And they made these, uh, I can never pronounce it, it's these dolls that the Ukrainians make with which don't have a face. Voodoo. No. What? No. Because I can't, I can't oh. pronounce it. Dave, the ribs still hurt a bit Dave, by you're that. You're going to get cancelled with that. Do you see what I mean? Not those, no. No, they made these dolls, right? Uh, and we had played pool and did table tennis and all that sort of thing. Uh, it was lovely, actually. Did they beat you at table tennis? Nope. You, you sure? Because, yeah. you know, I heard that you got beaten by five-year-olds at table tennis. No, was that who told you nah, that? No, just, just, just the word this out there. It's just lies. It's just lies. I was good at table tennis, I'll have you know. Yeah. yeah. Did you, um, did any of them fall over and you just carried on running like you did with the pancake race? Oh, <laughs> no, no. No, it was it was all fair. I think there's video evidence from the pancake race that Wanda fell over her own feet. And Ooh, yeah, it wasn't she, me. yeah, but that you still carried on just to make sure you won before asking if she was okay. I did. We, I, we all saw that. Yeah, Don't you worry. The, it was on the TMO. All right, yeah. So that's okay. So in the news this week, other than getting cancelled uh, for what we say on you, what what. Uh, What's been happening in the news? Well, the big news stories, um, and I don't know which one we're going to pick, or maybe we'll tackle them all. The big news stories are that um, Baroness Casey has done a report on on the Metropolitan Police, uh, which was requested, and she's decided that they're institutionally racist, misogynistic, and homophobic. Oh, um, so, so the unholy trinity. Then. The unholy trinity of problems. Yeah. Um, the other news that caught my attention today was the fact that about two weeks ago, there was an elderly man who was sprayed with a substance and then set on fire on his way home from the mosque. And in Birmingham over the weekend, that happened, same thing happened there as well. Like men in their 70s or 80s on the way home from mosque in, in the dark, mm. getting set alight, which is pretty grim. That's, yeah. Um, and there have been more attacks on refugee centres and... Uh, Nigel Farage has made his pants a little tight about an unused RAF base being used to house. Oh, your mate Nigel, my mate Nigel, yeah, being being used to house uh, refugees instead of putting them up in hotels. Um, so all of these things have caused a bit of a furore this week. Um, more online, most of them than in in the in the 
uh, news media, although a lot of radio time has been taken up with the with the Met Police on the oh, phone God, and yeah, shows. The, uh, LBC, LBC, yeah. Nick Ferrar has covered it two mornings in a row. Oh right, so it must it's big. You can to tell him. you've been off on the sick listening to Nick Ferrari. That's the thing. Wow, I used to listen to Nick Ferrari every day on the way to theology college um, with my sons when I was dropping them at Old Market to go to school. Um, and so now I drop one of those sons off for work every morning. We listen to it all the way there and all the way back. Well, I listen to it all the way back. He's got out of the car by the time I come back. But I listen to Kerrang. So, yeah. No, yeah, well. That's good. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not. You're drinking out of an Iron Maiden cup. I know, yeah. So, really then, what I'm hearing from that is there's an increase in sort of Intercommunity tensions, basically. That's what the thing is there. Those are the free stories. I think what we're seeing there are stories where society has issues with racism, where society has issues with homophobia, and where society can be misogynistic. And um, it's reflected in institutions such as the Met Police and um, other police forces and probably every institution in the country has a problem with these things. And it's not that that, that makes them unique. It just means that they're a fair reflection of what society looks like. That isn't how I, when I walk around society and work with people and, and all, and just around Yate and stuff. That's not the impression I get from interacting with people in general. Perhaps not. No. And 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 it's an extremist, without a doubt. Now they're not calling it a terror attack, but to me I don't see how it can be anything other than terrorism if you're setting fire to um elderly Muslims. Um they're not calling it terrorist attack though. But that's an extremist that does that. With no two ways about it, that's not the normal person. But there's something in the psyche of the normal person um, that might be telling them that it's okay to other those people. It's okay to look at them as being different or even less than, dare I say, um, because that's the the message that gets across through um, various channels. That's what they hear in their echo chambers. Yeah, and I think that's what the difference is, I suppose, is... This is why I don't watch the news, you see, is that in my experience of, of life around and about is I don't hear homophobic stuff. I don't hear racist stuff very much. I don't hear, you know, misogynistic things very much. No, but I we have talked about some of that misogynistic stuff over the last couple of weeks. We have, yeah. Um, and I'm saying it's not a problem in society. No. Um, and I'll say it's not a problem in society, but I think... Sometimes, I think what the news media does, in a sense, is it sort of finds something that's this week's thing and then finds all the stories in the UK which are to do with that thing to amplify it so it becomes... It's hard to keep that sense of perspective. I'm not you won't, it, Maybe, but. maybe, you know. And it's just sprung to my mind that the other thing that was in the news, of course, was um, Suella Braverman's trip to Rwanda with her selected news outlets, which didn't include our national broadcaster. Um, was that the one you watch in it? That was the one with GB News? I don't watch GB News uh, very often. Um, I do watch it every now and again, just to uh, keep in touch with what what's going on, you know, from their perspective. But, the, you know, they had a picture of her outside this 
place that's going to house these refugees that we're going to send to Rwanda um, with a big laugh and a grin across her face. That's um, bizarre, that, isn't it? That's just yeah. bizarre. Yeah, I, 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 thought, so. I thought that was made up, I did, when I first heard it. I thought it was just, an, I thought it was made up. I thought no, nothing could be that. Sort of. Well, I, I started to wonder, because she was saying how nice it was and all the rest of it. And I, so I did start to wonder whether or not they had an overnight stay in Rwanda. And if so, if it was so nice, whether she was staying there herself um, to test it out, to what, see if it was suitable. But I don't think so. I think if they stayed overnight, they would have been in some five-star hotel with um, probably pedicures and manicures. Well, yeah. Um, you, you, but I think, I think what I'm saying as well with it is that I think a lot of these things are people get wound up online, people get radicalised in a sense online through all these different things that happen, um, through all these negative messages. And when I lived up north uh, in the early 2000s, it was when the BNP were, they won the seat for the European elections in, um, in Lancashire, when we lived there, and in Yorkshire. And occasionally you come across these guys and... I think what they would do a lot of the time was they would take legitimate concerns that people had about where their life was going, what was happening in their lives, and then blame the other, whatever the other was mm. that week, uh, as a, an easy way out. And I think the way to counter it is to actually address the real and legitimate concerns people have rather than actually saying, there's no problem here. How did you decide, though, what's a legitimate concern and what is not a legitimate concern? What's only read through um, fear or hate of the unknown? I think if it is something that's legitimate, so, for example, if somebody uh, lived in a town and then a hotel was taken over uh, by the government and they housed all these people in there, they would be legitimate in being concerned about what was going on there, why this was happening, why they weren't being talked to, who the people were, what was going on. And I think that's a legitimate thing. So I think if you then deal with it by giving people information, explaining what's happening, um, reassuring them of their fears, that's the way I would go about it. But I think sometimes they, the reaction those people get from the, from others is, oh, well, you're just complaining about it because you're a racist. And then what happens is you get ordinary people actually radicalised by the people who want to stop the radicalisation. Well... And I think that's what happens a lot, really. Yeah, I think I think so. I think... I mean, when we look at, at the... Uh, the Lent course that's being run at the moment. We're not. We're not practicing those things, are we? No. We're not being present with with those that are different to us. So we're not listening to their stories. We're not curious about what's going on. We and just I, want to make judgments. And I think that's what's happening on both sides. Actually, is that one side is saying all oh, these these terrible, horrible people out there were doing terrible, horrible pe- things, and then when someone expresses something be it I'm a bit concerned about this hotel or I'm concerned about whatever it is. Yeah. They then jumped on and said, that's because you're an evil person. That's because you're racist. And I think that then breeds the polarisation. And I think in the difference course, what we're called to be is curious about people who think differently from us, be present with them and listen to them. And that's how you get unity rather than more division. Yeah. And I think like going back to the cops, because... That is really shocking, that is, because the cops, they were 
branded as institutionally racist, what, 20 years ago? You are, yeah, with yeah. the Stephen Lawrence inquiry. Um, exactly. And so it's not a new thing, let's be honest. No, it's not new. And and that's, I think that's a disappointing thing, is that nothing seems to have changed. And and there are wider things to this story, though. I mean, I was reflecting with my wife um, the other day, and as a former bus driver, they're desperate for bus drivers at the moment. You might think, mm. where, where on earth are you going here? Um, so, but when there was an abundance of bus drivers, if you took too much sick leave, you'd be you'd be down the road looking for a new job. Mm. Whereas at the moment, I would imagine you could have quite a lot of sick leave because uh, to sack you would make you a driver short every day instead of some days. Um, and I think it's the same with the police. You know, they recognise there were 20,000 police officers short um, and they need 20,000 officers. So, does that mean that all of a sudden you you're paying less attention to what's going on with uh, with with discipline and procedures? Possibly. Yeah, I think that possibly. Yeah, and I think though what I have noticed in society, and this is the thing, is that the police and all public institutions have had diversity training, prevent training, all these different trainings to combat all these issues for the last at least ten years, if not more. Yeah, right, and. Part of me thinks sometimes that the issue is that what they're doing is they're driving these attitudes underground. So these attitudes are, exist in a WhatsApp group and they're not actually addressing the problem. And in some ways, maybe they're making the problem worse. Because if the training consists of, if you say this, that means you're a homophobe or that means you're this, that means you're that. Then rather than having that open, honest, merciful conversation with somebody where you're actually respecting them, you're just wagging your finger at them, then what happens is it drives that behaviour underground and then it gets very, very toxic. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? It starts off as a tut and a finger wag and then it becomes a shake of the fist. Um, and, and then, you know, it becomes something much bigger and much more problematic to deal with. Well, in a world where people are getting cancelled left, right and centre for all sorts of things they say online, right? Wow, you're not you're not much into Twitter, are you? But it's the highlight of my week. Oh, to, you, uh, you need to, you need to get a life, man. You need to you've get got yourself out. Man. You've got a load of free speech warriors on Twitter, um, and so they advocate for free speech. And then what you get is a load of screenshots where they've blocked other people who are saying oh. things they don't want to hear. And you think, yeah, this is really good. We're just cancelling out each other's voices because we don't want to hear voices that disagree with us. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. So they, that's what breeds the division all the time. Yeah. Is it, is the, all the time is we're being forced into these little silos where we think differently. Um, and that's not... I think I'll finish with this, really, for this section. is One thing that always strikes me as amazing is the diversity in Jesus's disciples you've got a terrorist in there you've got a tax collector in there they would have hated each other yeah you've got fishermen in there you've got people from different backgrounds all us all sorts of people all brought together and I think that's where we need to try and get to is is that community of difference yeah uh, where we listen to each other and be merciful to each other. Um, that's that's my take. So next time we're going to be talking about um, the evolution of Christianity and humanity. That sounds a bit deep, but we'll give it a go. Dim, bum, dim, bum, dim, dry, bum, dim, bum, dim.
Okay, so you are listening to those Vicar Blokes. Um, don't forget to subscribe. We're on all sorts of platform. Personally, I'm listening on Google Podcasts. Hey, it's um, working. Whichever now, one you're on, it's is working. It work? Yes, yeah, it's, it's working. working. Now, I've it? shared oh. it. People have listened to us. Have they? Yeah. But so yeah, so click follow, click subscribe, whatever it is on your platform, if you want to catch us each and every week. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the bit of music. Um, we are now going to look at the pros and cons of Christianity on the evolution of humanity. It's a bit deep for that. A bit deep, yeah. A bit deep. The pros and cons of Christianity on humanity. Has it helped us to evolve? Well, what do you mean by evolution? Do you mean, like, I think what they mean by that is the idea of evolution as things getting better. Well, I mean, you said last week that you don't believe in moral progress. No, I don't know. So, you know, I suppose that's what the question is. Has it helped us to to progress um, towards being better? Um, yeah, I, I, I think. Well, we talked about this, didn't we, with the Vinland saga? Yeah, and with better. And with better, yeah. yeah so Anyone would think that TV has a real good link into to everyday life. With yeah, anime, anime does, certainly. I think, um, but in Vinland Saga, we, we talked about how Christian values of forgiveness, of serving the weak rather than uh, being the strongest person in the room, um, the positivity around forgiveness rather than um, vengeance. And I, yeah. I, and I think... I think we've just forgotten over the years how influential Christianity has been on our civilization, on our culture, and we just take things for granted. So one of the um, central dogmas of secular of the secular world is that morality is just kind of morality is basically um, common sense. So there's no need to teach morality because everybody really knows what's good and evil. And oh, no, about that. Well, that's what they believe. That's the central dogma of that. That basically everyone's morality is the same throughout the world. Um, moral virtues are just human, and well, it's not morality a human-made construct. Well, that's why it doesn't work. So yeah, is. Don't 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 think about secularism too much for more than like five minutes because it, it you realise it's full of contradictions. But yeah, it's it's it, Kant, isn't it? Immanuel Kant is the is the. Do you want to say who Immanuel Kant? No, is? You, oh, you like, can. Go on. No, no, no. You fill in the gaps because I'll get it all wrong. You know. Um, but he's basically the the. Uh, the backbone of what becomes what we view as as morally right and morally wrong um based on his own faith um and so, so yeah and so, so tries to impose it upon the world in yeah effect. Immanuel Kant is a uh philosopher I've just got my book out here uh called philosophy from beginners I just grabbed it quick he was around in uh see if I can find it Oh, I can't find it. He was around in the 18th century. He's part of the Enlightenment. And basically what Kant said is that if something is good or something is evil, it's got to be universal. So if yeah. you don't want it done to you, right, it must be universally wrong. 
So it's a way of constructing a morality without God. So that's one type of morality which is not Christian. But that's not very popular with secularists. The one that's really popular is uh, what they call utilitarianism with J.S. Mills. He's the guy where it's basically the good of the many outweighs the good of the few or the one. Yeah, and this is this this I saw this illustration on um on Twitter um this week where it's got the train running along the track. That's it. And you can choose to divert the train and it'll kill one or you can let it take its natural course and it'll kill seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, how many other. Yeah. You know, um it's that that one. So that basically theory. uh utilitarianism is actually really old. It's a really, really old idea. It's not something that was thought up by uh, J.S. Mills. Let's it's quite it, unlucky if you're the collateral damage, though, isn't it? Yeah, powerful people like utilitarianism because they're never the people who are the ones who take it for the team. No. So they're not the ones who are the few. Who but they almost crushed. take it to the extreme, though, don't they? Because they're, they they can sometimes be the one person that's going to get hit on the train line, but instead the train's diverted and it hits the crowd instead because they're deemed as more important, more yeah. superior. And, and utilitarianism is, I, I've got no time for it, really, is it was the philosophy that lay behind the death camps as well. So it's, it, and through all the horrors of the 20th century, is what's behind that is this idea that the good of the many outweighs the good of the few or the one. Star Trek fans, good of the many, the good of the few or the one. I wonder if anybody else is currently thinking um, of the shaman song, Ebenezer Good. Yeah, a great philosopher once wrote, naughty, (laughs) naughty, very naughty. He's showing your age now. A great philosopher once wrote, naughty, naughty, very naughty. Wow. We've gone from Emmanuel Kant now to the sheep. I know, yeah, that's uh, the era I grew up in. Yeah, we've got any salmon. Yeah, that's the one. Sorted. That's yeah. It. yeah. I'm surprised you knew it. It's not your style, that, oh, is Oh, no, it? I like the dance music back yeah. then, yeah. Um, but, is yeah. that before your brain got pickled and you went into the metal stuff? So No, I like metal before I like oh, dance, right, okay. and then I like dance. Metal went a bit bad in the 90s. So. Is that when you were down in the clubs trying to pull the women in, no. a- in Aberdare? No. Do they have clubs in Aberdare? They have one club called Judges, but we're right. not going to talk about that, because otherwise we'll have to click the explicit content <laughs> right, part of okay. the podcast, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, judges is is not. Anyway, what we were talking about something philosophical, not judges in Aberdeen. Sorry. Yeah, and some sadnesses there. Um, yeah. So basically, I was going to ask you this question. I'll see if you can get it right. The good of the many outweighs the good of the few or the one is not a Victorian idea from J. S. Mills. It actually is a really really old idea. So let's think about who said something very similar at Easter. The good of the many outweighs the good of the few, or the one. Well, I mean, we've got our example in the cross, haven't we? Where Jesus takes the blame for all of us. Yeah, but who 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 said utilita- a utilitarian thing? It was Caiaphas who told the people it is better for one man to die. Yeah, than he the good did. Of the yeah, he did. Yeah, it's better it, for it, one man to die. The trial at the Sanhedrin. Yeah, that's right. So all these ideas that we have, we think are modern and not. But it it's interesting because 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 Pilate didn't get it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't get it. But you would think that would be more the Roman regime way than 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 the 
Jerusalem Jew way, but it, he it, but it wasn't. He just didn't care, did he? I wouldn't say he didn't care. He seemed quite aggrieved by the fact that he had to kill an innocent man at that point. Maybe. He but did he, his hands though, didn't he? But yeah, yeah, well, he did, yeah. Yeah. But I think, as far as, I think, what I would say for the evolution of uh, humanity, for Christianity, is what we have to do is rather than, what, what tends to happen if you read books like The God Delusion and stuff like that, is what they do is they take all the sins of Christianity and say, look, look how bad they are, but they don't actually compare it to anything else. And I think for, in order to be a proper scientist, what we have to do is have a case control study. So we have to, com- we have to compare society which is anti-Christian or a society which has no Christianity with a Christian society and then ask the question, which one would we like to live in? Which is better? Yeah, but it's quite fascinating because it's it's. I, I remember an episode of The Simpsons where um, where Bart's not been very good, so um, Marge sends him to church with Ned Flanders from next door, and when he gets back, Homer says to him, "So, how did you get on at church, son?" And and Bart says something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, it was really good because I now I know how to really judge people." Um, and you kind of think that's the way that Christianity can be viewed, that we sort of sit there and we judge everybody else for all the things that they do, yet then you read in the newspaper a couple of days later that this this man who goes to this church has done this thing wrong or, hmm. you know, a front-page news that, that somebody's fiddled away the money from the collections or oh, something yeah. like that, you know. And, 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 and I think it's right that, that as Christians, we, we hold ourselves to a high account. Um, but I think we get that so wrong so much of the time. And, and we end up looking down our, our, our noses and tutting and wagging our fingers at people. Um, and that's not the way that we're meant to be. Um, I think, I don't know whether we do that. I don't know. Is One of the things that's always fascinated me is I was told when I was a kid that in order for us to be free, what we have to do is get rid of Mary Whitehouse, and then we could have anything we wanted on the telly, and we could enjoy whatever we wanted, and we'd get rid of all these horrible, judgy Christians, right? But once we got rid of them, everyone would be fine, and there'd be no judginess. And I think because there's no judgy atheists either. No, it's impossible. No. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. But now, what we're seeing in practice is we live in a much more conformist society than we did 30 years ago. We live in a much more judgmental and nasty society, a more divided society. Like when people say, oh, we can't have Christianity because it causes loads of divisions and wars. And then you go, well, what about Brexit like? And they go, oh, no. Uh, and I think it's just this narrative that we were brought up with, or I certainly was, that, you know, Christianity holds us back. Christianity is bad. It stops science, it stops human rights, it stops this, it stops that. When you actually learn history and a bit of geography, you say to yourself, well, okay, what about Mao, who killed like 60 million people? What about Stalin, who killed 20 million people? What about Pol Pot? What about, and all these other things. And then you start thinking, well, what about all these other, you know, is the, the truth is that human beings can be good and bad. And they're, they're why for the grace of God. So that's why we shouldn't judge people because it could easily be us. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that, but I do think. Yeah, if any of you have not sinned. 
go and cast the first yeah, stone. Yeah, go and cast the first yeah, stone. That's you know, right. But I do think it's been... I think if you're wondering of this, what the answer to this question is, there's a fantastic book by Tom Holland, and he does some great talks about it, who's a kind of agnostic guy, who um, he's called Dominion, and he traces the history of Christianity and basically says that in the West now, everybody has got a Christian worldview, whether you believe in God or not. And our values are so consumed by Christianity that uh, we can't escape it. So, and he would say that it's... And it's called what? Dominion. Dominion. Yeah, it's massive. I got it by you. Here we are. Uh, Haven't you read it? I'll give it to Dave to read. Yeah, all right. Yeah? It's not, you know, there we are. My mother bought it for me by accident for Christmas. She bought it for my wife, actually, when she never asked for it. Right, okay. And, uh, and and it was she messed up, but it's I love it. It's great. Really make it of the Western mind. Right, okay. There you go, Dave. I'll, I'll put that in my bag, take it with me. Yeah, so that's Dave's uh tome to read. Yeah. Okay. Well, Might not be my next by next week though. No, no, I mean. no. It took me about three months to read yeah. it, so okay. So on our next bit we're gonna be talking about we're not gonna be talking about Amalia Kant, do we? Or anything intellectual no, no, we're not, no. utilitarianism. What no, are we gonna be talking we're, about? We're gonna be talking about Married at First Sight UK because you and I have both seen series seven, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen two and three as well. I have only there? seen two, I haven't seen three yet. I'm gonna watch that later. Oh, man, get sucked in. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe uh, to our podcast. We're on Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, parish websites, all over the place. And as Dave said, subscribe even if you aren't enjoying it because we might get better. You never know. Yeah, we might get better. So welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the little mini break thing that we do. now, I'd like to give a bit of background for this, is I was challenged to watch Married at First Sight UK by the Westerly Pilgrims Group, which is a kind of home group over in um, St. James's. And to give a bit of background, I watched Married at First Sight the last season, right? About a couple of years ago, whenever it was. Yeah, I'd never really seen it. I, yeah, and I I watched it. And I started talking about it at the St. James's Coffee Morning, and it's very popular at the St. Mary's, the St. James's Coffee Morning, to be fair. They're very highbrow in their TV watching. So um, it's got seven seasons as well, hasn't it? It's, yeah, seven seasons, yes. And there's an Australian one. Or as, as well. we call them in, in England, series. series. But you know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've been Netflix. You go, all American I know, yeah. So, Dave, do you want to. Say about what happened because you watched more of this than me. Well, you know, because you watched the last series and I didn't. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, you've got a panel of experts that that take questionnaires from the from the people who are going to participate, and um, and they match them with somebody who scientifically should be a good match. And uh, and so in the in this first episode, what we see. It's a longer one, isn't it? It's, it's 20 minutes longer, the first episode. Is it? Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. You see uh, them arriving at the house. So you've got sort of a, a, a women's house that has the one gay man in it. Um, and then you've got the man's house. Um, 
And so you see them meet, and then it goes through some some of the science, not all of the science. It was a bit science light, I think, oh, yeah, on, on pairing bit, them yeah. up. And and the fascinating bit is is the bit where you where you see the reactions as they meet each other for the first time um, at the. So uh, they're going to get married. It's a bit like a I was going to say at the altar, but it's not at an altar. No, no, no it's sorry. basically like a kind of dating thing where they fill in a questionnaire, like a personality questionnaire. And they have an interview with this psychologist guy, and there's three of them in there. There's the yeah, there's three of them, and uh, the... it's not it's not it's not a, a unique concept. I mean, if you cast your mind back, it's not that dissimilar from blind date, really, is it? Um, apart from the fact that they get to ask questions and they go on a date instead of getting married. Um, and you hasn't got Silla Black though. No, I hasn't got Silla Black. So you know, it's not it's not rich like that, and it's not that different from. Um, parental advisory bit um from naked attraction in some ways oh god Apart from not the fact that no no there's no press the button now we're not talking about we're not talking about that program That's or boring. what's that that one where the no. with with paddy mcginnis oh uh, where they the come down in the lift yeah take me out yeah so they're all similar sort of thing except this one is fully in the hands of the of the sciences to to work out what makes a good match i found that take me out absolutely terrifying i just i thought I what well, when you were on it no, i don't remember I seeing get, that episode i get a blackout if i was yeah as soon as you got out the lift <laughs> lights are out <laughs> see you later that's it yeah and you'd be like and and then when they said the thing and said and how was the vicar and all the lights would work wouldn't it and then I'd yeah well i don't know i think perhaps reverend richard coles was ma- would manage better than us he'd have his lights still on We'd be lights out straight away. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I know him, so I trained with him. Oh. Um, but yeah, so basically what they do is they match up these people uh, through this scientific, and I'm doing the kind of, you know, the kind of quotes. There, yeah, inverted commas. Scientific method. And it's a very failed scientific method because basically nobody actually stays together. It's just constructed to, I think it's constructed for conflict. So the one that I seen, there was basically they had two couples who got married in inverted commas in the first episode. One of them was obviously they were going to get on, and they were really yeah, but they were lovely, weren't they? They were really nice people. His mum was quite scary though, weren't she? Like I was a bit frightened of her. Yeah, Yeah, but you know when he was when he was up doing his little thing and he got a bit choked up, and she'd come up and give him a a hug. That was sweet. They were nice. They were, they were, they were really nice. I liked them. Yeah. So it's all these kind of extreme things. You had one couple which was kind of like really cringy, sort of, it kind of really cheesy, wasn't it? And then the other one, which basically she was, what did you say on WhatsApp? Now she was a right what? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember who. Am I allowed to say that on the podcast? No, I, don't think you're I think to that's say one that. of those WhatsApp chats between you and I that yeah, that, that shouldn't shouldn't be broadcast. Yeah, that's one that's uh, that's a bit like uh, Matt Hancock's that is. Uh, but basically, you said she was a right. Difficult woman. Yeah, I, I. Difficult woman. A right something I used. Yeah, um, a right difficult woman. Yeah, because she was, wasn't she? Yeah, she was not a very nice person at all, and I can't understand why she would sign up for the process. So I think what she's looking for is is that little moment in the spotlight, that little bit of fame, because she had no interest in it. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy, and now I can't remember his name either, but I didn't marry him, so it doesn't matter to me. Duca or something. Duca, it was Duca or something like that, yeah, and and he was from um, former Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia, yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
and he seemed ever so nice, but she was horrible, and and, and she was looking <laughs> for so- she was looking for somebody who was tall, and he was only six foot two, so he wasn't tall enough. So I don't know what chance you or I got because we're about five ten, aren't we, both yeah. of us? Both, I think, though, that's something, though, that's really sad, is what this reflects, I think, is a wider thing called the dating crisis. And I've read up a bit on this fairly recently, is because dating has now gone online predominantly, it's subject to something called Pareto's Law. And what Pareto's Law is, is, is um, it's a statistical thing, which is called 1990. So basically, if you put something online, yeah, 1% of the companies, for example, will get 99% of the business. Then 9% of the companies will get 10% of the business. And 90% of the companies get nothing. Okay, it's called Pareto's Law. It's a right, business okay. thing, right? And they don't work on maths then, because that didn't work out, but still. Well, it's one nine ninety, yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah, so 1% get 90%. Nine percent get the remaining nine percent, yeah, and then the ninety yeah, okay. percent get one percent, yeah, right. That does add up to it. Does yeah, yeah, but you said ninety nine percent. All right, okay. then that anyway. completely threw my maths. All right, anyway, that's what Pareto's is, and basically what's happening now is because people have this sort of type that they're looking after, and she was on about that. She wanted yeah. someone who was six foot four. She wanted someone who looked in a certain way and all of that. It was, it was Built really like a brick. Outhouse, yeah. yeah. It it was all, it was very sort of, it, you're thinking, flipping act, is it, she's looking for a unicorn, you know? Yeah, it was, moon on a stick. Yeah, it was very sort of, but I think that... I can't the, think why she's single. No, no. Um, but anyway, we're not going to talk on, I watched it with my wife, did you watch it with yours? Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about what we said, she was like, anyway. But basically, because this dating crisis, what's happening is, is people are finding it increasingly difficult to find a partner, which is why they end up on these shows. Because 1% of the men are hoovering up all the women. They're called the chads, right? Yeah. Chads. Chads, yeah. Right. They're right. hoovering up all the women. And basically, rather than having one woman at a time, they're like living this kind of polygamous lifestyle. Oh, sounds so, awful. So they've got like hundreds of women. There are loads and loads of women on the go. On his on the Tinder now, right? King Solomon style. Yeah, that sort of thing, right? So it's it's actually a regression back to a pre-Christian age, really, where there was nothing wrong with powerful men having a harem, and then some men were slightly more powerful having a few women, and then most men having no women. Oh. And that's basically what we've got to, where basically people have a type that they're going for, and they've kind of given up on love. Because they don't want to be vulnerable. Does that no. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. So, and the other thing that struck me with this programme is, and it was the same in the last season, is all of them have some kind of significant trauma in their life. I have noticed that, because yeah. obviously I've watched episode two as well now, and there's two more couples that you meet, and they've got trauma. Um, but, I, but I'm going to watch episode three tonight, because that's the catch-up of the four people you've seen and how you've they've got, got on and all the rest into of it. You well, are, you've I, got sucked into I, it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise some self control after episode three and and leave it alone. Although I, the same thing did happen to me for that um oh don't tell the bride. Oh don't tell the bride. so cringe, I hate that. And yeah. and it's a similar thing really, because yeah, it doesn't it's... matter how good the, the man does the job. If if the woman's not going to be very nice, she's not going to be very nice. And if he's a waster, he's going to be a waster. And you know, it's it's entertainment value. Isn't it? But there. it is really sort of. I understand why St. James is find it so popular because it is it is like a kind of 
rubbernecking a road traffic accident, isn't it? It's so bad you just can't look. Yeah, it's there. quite yeah. it's quite compelling. You're um, staring into the abyss, really into it. Yeah, but it's quite good fun, though, isn't it? Watching human <sighs> beings and how they interact and it is a bit, and life. Yeah. I mean, you bear in mind you are talking to somebody who was obsessed with Big Brother right up until the last series, it's, and yeah. he used to even watch them at sleep asleep at night, oh, um, which is really proper weird. And the best bit is when he. I forget what time it was. It, I think it, it used to show it at eight in the morning. I mean, it used to show it at quarter past eight in the morning. Um, but it would be the alarms going off at oh, eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So to watch them get awaken and see how they are first thing in the morning, um, was the best bit. You've got some issues. You yeah, know, right? you need to go was, and yeah. see. I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody to go and see. Actually, yeah, but, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, but I think from a Christian perspective, I think don't tell. Uh, sorry, married at first sight. I think it makes me feel really sad, but also really interested in it. Like you say, it's very compelling, but also as well, very, very grateful. And that's all I'm going to say, because I'll get, I'll get killed well, if I, I think, say I think, anymore. I think it's important to highlight oh. the fact that um, that love's not scientific in that way. No. It's, it's trying to make something that's... An emotional, and yeah, there is a chemistry, but it's much more of an emotional chemistry than a physical one. And you don't necessarily know what you're looking for till you've found it. No. Um, so it would be very difficult to write that down. I mean, uh, going to other TV programs, you, you get the things like um, Kirsty and Phil, you know, location, location, location. Oh, yeah. Well, they have a list of what they expect they're going to like out of a house, and they go and they show them these houses that meet their list, and yet something still doesn't quite tick the box. And then they'll show them a house that doesn't have something that was deemed to be the most important, and all of a sudden their hearts will go to it, and they'll see it as their forever home. And I think yeah. think there's something about those connections that that are not straightforward enough that trying to look at it scientifically and match these things up is ever going to work. Yeah, that's true. There's there's more to humanity than stuff, isn't there? But I think as well, though, it's to do with this commodification of human beings where all our relationships now are seen as commodities that we can purchase. Well, that's, that's yeah. The heart of the what, problem, what was the it? other thing? You know, yeah. there's people that are 29 on this show saying, "Well, this is my last chance at love." You're 29. <laughs> Get over it. You got plenty of chance for love yet. Don't don't be yeah. panicking. Yeah, and I think it is that thing where they they bought into a story that's false, and they bought into a commodity. The idea that people are a commodity for us to consume. Yeah, and I do think that's at the heart of the issue, and I think that. The thing that stands against that most fully is the Christian understanding of marriage where we give ourselves to live for the other so that you get married not for yourself but for the other. I give you this ring as a sign of our marriage. With my body I honour you. All that I am I give to you. And all that I have I share with you. Yeah. And that's really what it's... And it's in, uh, like St. Francis says in giving that we receive and in dying we are born to eternal life. It's that paradox that's been forgotten and I think if you forget that, this this is where you end up. Yeah, there's something really deep about it. Um, So my wife's been, well she's always really fantastic, but she's been really good this last week because 
on Wednesday night last week at three o'clock in the morning, I was led on my back in the bed and I actually couldn't move. I couldn't work out why I couldn't move, but I couldn't move. Um, I was just in so much pain that I couldn't work out what to move. And I knew that where I was lying was hurting. Um, but I could manage to just tap her in the leg to wake her up and say, could you help me roll over? Um, and actually, there's something in that. So she gets out of bed, she turns the lights on, she makes sure I'm all right, you know. Um, and so there's something fundamental and really important that happens when we make those marriage commitments. Um, and you're never going to get those out of married at first sight. No, and what you're finding in that is this idea that in your weakness is your strength, in a sense that the things that you don't enjoy, the things that aren't pleasurable, like looking after people when they're ill and things like that, that's actually where you find the deepest meaning in your life and the deepest love. And that's how suffering can be transfigured. Yeah. that in taking responsibility for the other, no matter how difficult it is, that has the power to transfigure uh, suffering into something which hurts just as much, but in some way becomes beautiful. Yeah. And I had a similar experience when I bust both my arms years ago, is, you know, being vulnerable was difficult, um, but being allowing someone to love me yeah. actually was an amazing experience, even though my arms hurt incredibly a lot. Yeah. So that's all we've got for today, I think. Yeah, we don't know what we're watching next week, though, do we? We haven't decided that. Oh, we haven't decided yet. Oh, I did think of something. What was it? Um, Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, we talked about Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I wanted to watch the first episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad. With Walter White. Yeah. And what you have to do is, is um, I think it's in the first episode. He There's loads himself, of Breaking Bad, though, isn't there? Yeah, just watch the first episode. The, the first episode of the first season. First episode. Is it going to suck me in? Am I going to lose it, loads of my life to this show? It, it would, actually. It's brilliant, yeah. Right, okay. So Breaking Bad um, and look up Heisenberg beforehand because that, that's what he calls himself. His code name is Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Heisenberg, yeah. And when he said, who am I going to be? And he calls himself Heisenberg, I laughed. And my wife and my son looked at me and just tucked it and went, that's a science joke, isn't it, Dad? And I went, yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And I tried to explain it, and they were just not interested. All right, okay. So yeah. so people can look forward to you trying to explain it to me next week. Well, Heisenberg. Heisenberg, I actually yeah. explained it to you last week. Did you? It's that double slip thing. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so next week is Heisenberg. Heisenberg, uh, We're Breaking Bad, and uh, we'll find another question, or you can send one in. And see you later, I suppose. Yeah. Right? <laughs>